the cool thing about a Phoenix from the Ashes moment is that when you're in the like dark part of it, when you're in the ashes part of it, it's all possibility. We did it. 2021. Welcome to the final episode of the year. This is Let It Out. I'm Katie Delbout, your host. Back on the podcast this week for the final episode of the year, Jules Bakshi, a professional dancer, choreographer, and founder and CEO of Good Move. Good Move, you might remember from last time she was on the podcast, is a dance and mindful fitness studio for movers of all levels, all genders, all races, all shapes, and all sizes, located in the heart of Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I used to live pretty close to there and met Jules through an array of mutual friends that we had and then went into her studio. And this is actually a pretty full circle episode because the last time she was on the show, we recorded it sitting across from each other at her kitchen table in Brooklyn. And it was the last episode I recorded in New York, not knowing that I wasn't going to come back. And this time, Jules was visiting LA and we caught up at my kitchen table here. And it's interesting, I've been reflecting and and we were having a conversation when Jules got here, we talked for a couple hours and ate fruit and drank tea before we started recording and turned the recording on. But I was in this really transitory place back then and both of our lives, like all of our lives have changed incredibly in ways that we could never have imagined back at the end of 2019, not knowing what was going to happen. There's that sticker on Instagram that's asking people to, you know, post a photo of them in January, 2020, not knowing what was ahead. And and this episode, reflecting back on my first conversation with Jules at the, we recorded this on New Year's Eve of 2019. And I was in her space and just, you know, looking around at the space she had created for herself and hoping that I would someday have my own space and feel like it was a place that felt correct for me. And I feel like I found that now. And so it was really full circle to be sitting across from her nearly two years later and in a very different world. We both have almost entirely different lives than we did back then. In that episode, it was really our first conversation, one of the first times we met each other, and we covered her life and her story, and and I really would love for you to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't, but we touch on, or we go pretty in-depth on the build-out of the original Good Move studio in space, and that space no longer exists. She has moved to a different place due to the pandemic and having to pivot, having a physical space in New York City that had to be closed for so many months. So we get into that and we cover the different directions that she had to go into. And that I find so inspiring because it led to growth and lessons, so many lessons since the last time she talked to me recorded. This is a really fitting episode to round out the year in so many ways, and it got me reflecting on how much I've changed and how much I've just followed the flow of what was working rather than focusing on what wasn't. And I hope that you take this as an opportunity to do that for yourself as well. Whatever you're doing this week, I hope that you have some downtime. I hope that you get to feel cozy and nurture and nourish yourself in whatever way feels good. That's something that Jules and I talk about in this quite a bit. She's someone who I really admire the way she moves through the world. And we get into that a little bit. She unpacks her philosophy of sturdiness and expansion. We talk about non-attachment and pivoting. And 
I think that's, you know, a lesson that we'll take through every single year because that's what we can count on change and uncertainty. And the more we can bounce when we fall or pivot when there's a twist in our plan and do that quicker, the better off I think we are. And this is a conversation all about that. So here it goes. Last episode of the year. I am so grateful that I get to do this. I get to have these conversations. I'm going to keep doing it next year for as long as I can. There's some really good ones coming. I'll tell you at the end who's coming up next week, but I just love you. And I'm so, so happy that you're listening. I'm so happy that you're here and so much has happened. We were just, we had a pre-show, private pre-show getting all the details of all of it. But (laughs) I mean, so if people are new here, Jules and I recorded, we have about 100 million mutual friends and she had just opened her first studio, Good Move, just a couple months before. And we lived really close together. I don't even remember who connected, which one of our mutual friends connected us, maybe Bob and Caro, or I don't know, but we ended up connecting and I came to your studio, which I loved. And then right before I was leaving for my trip that never ended, you were my last in-person interview in New York at your house on New Year's Day, we figured out, of 2019. And then subsequently, everything changed and that studio has morphed into something new and bigger and your life has become new and bigger. And you just feel your energy feels really good. Like you feel you're wearing this beautiful, it's not yellow, like golden sunshiny top. (laughs) Goldenrod. (laughs) Yeah. Goldenrod top. And you feel very sunshiny. Like you feel, yeah, LA is suiting you. That feels (laughs) really nice to hear because definitely for a long time, I did not feel that way. And so it feels uh, like a relief to be seen in that way, you know, because I do feel like um, the worst for me personally is over and like it, I do feel a lot lighter. And so it feels really, really sweet to like hear you reflect that. Yeah. I mean, you've been through it and it, it sounds like, which we all have, I think in our own ways, in general and definitely in the last, what is it, two years, 18 months of this pandemic that we've been through. But you had COVID and you had to deal with your studio and your business and and switching so many different things and transitioning in and out of relationships and moving and just movement in your life. So with all of that, what have you been learning lately? What's been on your mind? What have you been pondering? I have been really thinking a lot about this idea of being sturdy Mm. and like expansive and how to both make myself sturdy and expansive and also how to facilitate that for other people and help other people become sturdy and expansive. (laughs) And I think you know, those two words kind of sum up the things that I've learned and like taken away from my experience in the last two years or the last, yeah, since I last saw you, which has, you know, the time has been honestly just like hurdle after hurdle. Like I felt, and I know everybody, everybody suffered in the, in the pandemic for sure. And my own personal like struggles and uh, like trials and tribulations were very specific to the fact that I had just started a business and uh, had a physical space in New York. And the person that I was seeing at the time like had to like emergency move in with me because they didn't have a place to live. And so like there was like all of this stress at once, all of the stress at once. And I didn't have very much time to like process. Things were happening so quickly and so many things were happening and like so many hard things were happening that I didn't really have a chance to process them in the moment. Like I think that I like to think of myself as someone who 
has the emotional bandwidth to process things as they're happening. And my movement practice and my like my self-care practices ha- have really helped me to be able to do that at different points in my life. But this chunk of time was not like that. Like I, I, I was trying really hard to rely on my, on all of my tools and like, thank goddess that I have so many self-care tools and sort of healing practices in my life because I do not know how I would have survived, but I wasn't able to process all of the things that happened until there were endings. So like I spoke to you quite at length about the drama that happened with the studio, but the first studio, but I ultimately had to let go of that studio after having poured six months of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of love, a lot of community. I think we talked about in our last Yeah, if you want to hear all about it, episode (laughs) 300 something. Yeah, you can hear about, (laughs) this was before the pandemic and right when we had hit our stride, Katie and I talked um, right as we were hitting our stride in that first brick and mortar that I had, the studio. And so I had poured so much time, energy, money, uh, love into building that first space. And then there was this very long and winding road uh, dealing with landlords and lawsuits and really crazy things to be dealing with during the time of COVID. Basically, I had this big, beautiful space that was mandated shut for 18 months. And thankfully, I was able to get out of that situation, but not without like huge losses, really. So I wasn't able to start processing until the day that I handed the keys back to that brick and mortar, which also happened to be like within a 24-hour window of the time that I ended the (laughs) relationship that I was in at the time that was also just really had been wearing on me. And so, yeah, like doesn't the universe kind of work like that sometimes? It's like, and scene. Or like, this chapter is closed, this chapter is closed. And it allowed for so much expansion. Yes. And made you sturdier. Yes, exactly. So that is, once those things had, those chapters had closed, a lot of space, I had a lot of space and a lot of time to start to, process. The last, you know, I guess that was from March until November of 2020. So like, then I started to process. And meanwhile, I was also trying to process while keeping the business afloat, because even though our physical space had closed, like I said, when we last spoke, we were just really reaching a point of like critical mass where like the the community was really solidifying and forming. And, you know, one of the most incredible things about the last two years for me was to see the way that the Good Move community like supported itself and supported me because there were so many times when I was like ready to give up. And then I was like, wait, this is so much bigger than me and what I want. And like this whole community exists um, in the container that I've built, but it's like, it's expanding its own reach, you know, and it's inspiring me to keep, to keep going and to keep finding ways. So even though the space was closed, we, you know, I started Good Move TV, which was our online subscription platform so that people could start to (laughs) continue to take classes with us, even though we were closed. Then eventually we were allowed to be outside together and we started doing classes in the park. I found ways to do COVID safe retreats out in nature where everyone was like in their own sleeping quarters and we were just eating outside, dancing outside. And the community kind of kept me going. It drove you to the directions that you wanted to expand in. Yeah. So there was like all this polarity and like all these things that I was holding at once, like the pain of losing the, the studio that I had like poured so much into was like, I was holding that next to the excitement of the possibilities that opened up because we didn't have the physical space. And I feel like I, I think I like said this quote in the last time that we talked, but it's something that really comes up for me a lot. But there's this Da Vinci quote that is something like creativity 
dies in freedom and lives in constraints. Mm. And I have like never felt that so much as like during the pandemic. Totally. I think you said it. We did a journaling workshop together early in the pandemic at a really complicated time. It was like June of 2020. And anyway, I think we were talking about it then because that was something I was thinking a lot about in creativity related to the pandemic of, okay, this is what we're dealing with. And creative constraints have existed, like think haiku and, you know, and I think you mentioned that quote, which, which really hit me because here we are pivoting and pivoting again and Mm -hmm. pivoting again. And no industry was that more true in than in, in several, but anything with a brick and mortar of, of the amount of change and growth. And, you know, it really led to a lot of good on the other side of that is good. But when you're in it, it's intense. And the way that you've navigated it with so much poise and grace and sturdiness and expansion is really beautiful. Thanks, Katie. And I think of when I, when I hear those words, I think of a tree, you know, like I think it's like sturdy and rooted, like to be sturdy. (laughs) If you think about it, to be a tree, you have to be sturdy and you have to be rooted, and you also have to be expansive yes. to grow, and then you also have to be flexible, right? Yes, because yes. if you're too rigid, <laughs> you'll break, and if you're too floppy, so it's like it really encompasses everything, and it shows your growth, and yeah, I'm really, I, I look back on that journaling. We were talking a little bit here because we were catching up because we hadn't seen each other, and we were talking pretty frequently because I remember being in LA and going on these walks and like talking to you for a while. And we kind of talked about everything. And I feel like we got closer during that, during that time, oddly enough. But yeah, that was a, that was a special workshop. I don't really remember it much, but I remember a lot of people telling me that they enjoy it. We should do one again. I know it was a very chaotic time. (laughs) I, I know what you mean. Like, like, it was. I have no idea what we did. Yeah. I like don't really remember. I actually it. don't really either. But it's I. The reason that I was laughing and, and with delight, squealing with delight just now mm-hmm. when you were talking about the tree is because um, I do a tree meditation often, and when I lead groups and when I do retreats and teacher trainings, I will often use this guided visualization or like guided meditation where I ask people to visualize themselves as a tree. And a tree that weathers many seasons and like how does the bark change and strengthen and like not just expansive up top in the branches and leaves, but also like the root system. Like so you're you're like really grounding and rooting, but you're also growing up and out. And, wow. And I love – I absolutely. Like that's exactly yeah. – uh, that is a – sort of metaphor that has come up for me many times. And during the pandemic, I was leading a lot of groups and with our teacher training program and our with our members, we started doing like a once a week member check-in because we couldn't come together and yeah. everyone was kind of, you know, like really needing needing community more than ever. And I let I did this tree meditation several times and I still come I still come back to it. And when you when you started saying that, I was like, that's exactly what I mean when I talk about sturdy and expansive. And I like that you said flexible too, because I just want to note that the sturdiness is not about, it's not the same as rigidness, right? Like the sturdiness is actually about being able to hold oneself through the blows and to like, to be flexible enough that you don't break like a a branch, you know? So like in a storm, the tree might get tossed around a bit, but like because of the root system, because of the like strong trunk and bark, you can bend and you can, you can take some hits, you know, some proverbial hits. Yeah. I think there's another piece of that, which I think is the expansion and allowing your community to lead you. I think that's really part of your creative process. And there was, I kind of meant to listen to our, our 2019 episode before this to have it in my mind. I know, same. (laughs) And I didn't. I was telling Jules, I had more interviews this week than I've ever done, I think. But I, a lot of it is coming back to me because I remember I was I put the episode out when I was in 
Bali or Australia. And I remember editing it and chatting with you a little bit, emailing. And there was this one piece that really stuck with me because I, you are someone who's very in your body and connected to your body in a way that I really admire and don't have naturally. And that piece of the conversation was so useful to me. And there was this one line that you said that was really about expansion because that was something you would always say at the studio, like take up as much space Mm -hmm. as you can. (laughs) And my whole life is like not feeling like okay in my body is like to try to not take up space, right? Right. Like how can I contract in so that no one sees me? (laughs) And physically like make myself smaller. Mm -hmm. And one thing that you said was, I think this was like coming up as a dancer and your mentor of like having the awareness of like being in your body of like, am I hydrated? Who needs a banana? Like really just (laughs) like- Tuning in. I call it tuning in. I keep that in my mind. And that's something that like, you're someone of like, do I need to stretch? Do I? And you were, we were talking actually about your space and about the space of good move and how open it was and how you like, because you might want to get up and move. And that's something that really hit me hard. And like, I embody in my life now in a way that I'm just really grateful to you for. And I think it speaks to sure, there's the sturdy part, but there's also the expansion part. Mm. And that's something that I've held on to. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I'm glad. With that, let's talk about your creative process. So you pivoted out of the one studio. You now have another studio that came through in a really cool kind of magical way. I'd love to hear about that. And, you know, of course, Good Move TV. And you mentioned these beautiful retreats and you know now you're doing teacher trainings as well i think it's just so cool that you and something i'm really trying to do which is like be led by what feels good for me i i read actually i'm going to read this quote to you the the intersection of like being led by what is fun and interesting to me but also feeds a community because mm, mm. I think there's something about both that are really important. And I I was working at my friend's shop last night and I, I saw this quote, John Cassavetes. He says, the most difficult thing in the world is to reveal yourself, to express what you have. As an artist, I feel that we must try many things, but above all, we must dare to fail. You must have the courage to be bad, to be willing to risk everything, to really express it all. Okay, never mind. That wasn't actually the quote I was Wait, thinking I of. I actually love that you read that quote though. Okay, great. Because the reason for everything. I was thinking about this when you said, like, what are you interested in right now? And I said sturdy and expansive. And the reason that those things were so important to me over the last two years is because I also had this like intense experience of failure or feeling like I feeling like I failed. Or feeling like I was failing, you know, and like I wasn't going to be able to to recover from that. And I think that as an entrepreneur, any entrepreneur that you'll listen to will like tell you that failure is really important part of the process. And I think for me, during a time when cancel culture has arrived and also being an entrepreneur in the time of COVID and just being someone who's extremely hard on myself, the only way that I was going to be able to like get through it was by increasing my tolerance for failure and building resilience through vulnerability. Because it's interesting because like no one else used the word failure. That's like a word that I <laughs> w- yeah, was using I, for me. I think it's it's more uncertainty than failure, you know? But but I, I agree. Like my friend Serena's dad always says, success teaches you nothing. Like you learn the most from failure. Yes. But really failure is is, I think what you're talking about is like uncertainty and pivoting and being resilient through that. But at the time, you know, like when I closed the studio, I didn't know what was going to come next. You know, yes, there was uncertainty there. But in that moment, for me, I felt failure. 
you know, like closing the studio that I had like worked so hard to open. The main thing that I felt, I mean, I was heartbroken and, and that was the main feeling was that I felt heartbroken about leaving that space that so much love had gone into, but I also felt failure. I don't feel bad about saying that now because it's like, I, again, like I think it's okay. Like it's, it's okay. It happened for a reason. And now like things are so much better and it opened up a lot of opportunities. And I was forced to think about things in a different way because of that quote unquote failure. And again, like I think the word has a lot of negative connotations and I'm not trying to be mean to myself either because like that's really important to me too, which is like the circumstances were insane. And, and like the things that I was dealing with were, were, were insane. I mean, we're living in a very apocalyptic time and the world was falling apart. So I, as someone who is pretty hard on themselves, I am aware of like, I don't want to be mean to myself and be like, you failed, you failed. But it's like in that moment, I definitely did feel like it was failure, but I also like dug really deep to see like what can blossom out of that. And I feel like, you know, me personally and good move was able to have like a really beautiful Phoenix from the ashes moment. And the cool thing about a Phoenix from the ashes moment is that when you're in the like dark part of it, when you're in the ashes part of it, it's all possibility. But you, you don't, don't know, know where to that. fall because you've gone. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I th- we've also kind of talked about, yeah. I think we talked about this concept too. And I guess it's a, sort of a theme for me, but. Well, I think it's a very human theme. Yeah. You know, like we yeah. go through cycle. It's very cyclical, you know. Yeah. Of, it's a winter. And the sturdiness part comes in, like the only way that you get to like have the Phoenix moment is that in the ashes moment, in that dark part, can you hold yourself or rely on your systems and your and your practices and your community and you know the love in your life can you let yourself be supported enough and i'm saying you but i mean me could i let myself be supported enough in those moments to just trust that there was going to be something and yes i didn't know what that thing was but like i think more often than not when things end and when things burn or like things crumble, it's like, because they must, we need them too in order to make room for the thing that really, that is like the iteration that is supposed to be there or like the net, you know, for the next thing to come through the, the energy that is like more appropriate for the situation, which like my situation with the old, with my old landlords in the old space was really bad. Right. But I was, very attached because I had worked so hard to, to build that space. But when it was over, like I didn't, you can't see the future. You can't imagine that something better is coming. Right. You know, it's like a breakup. What? Yeah. It's, there's a lot of overlaps here. And that's the thing that happens in my work a lot, which is like, I believe in synchronicity. Mm -hmm. I believe like there, like things that lessons that you're supposed to learn are going to like come at you from all angles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, until you learn them. And I think it's so interesting as you're speaking, exactly. It, it sounds a lot like a breakup in terms of you're in that that dark space and you have to you have to really go there yeah. and get that low and feel it all and get into the emptiness mm-hmm. to create the space for the new thing to come in. Yeah. And I think I've done that. I've done that in a, a couple of times. Like I was so in a breakup, like that time that I, that the whole year of 2019, the theme on the show was like me being in that space after a, a breakup I wasn't expecting. And then since then, every, you know, every mini breakup since then hasn't been as intense because I think that first one, you get a bigger sample size to know oh, I I've know this patterning, I've done this, so on the other side of it is good, so that helps. But I think I've there's this like half doing it where you don't, you have to let the, you have to let it go to ashes to let the phoenix rise. Yes. And I think in a couple work things, like as you were talking right now, I have something somewhat similar where I invested so much time and money and energy into something that just, didn't work. And I have, 
I'm in the process of letting go of that, but I'm not, I really feel like I need to stop everything and restart. Meaning like I need to let something burn Mm -hmm. so I can figure out the next thing. And I think if you halfway do that, just like if you halfway, I've done a lot of my tendency, I think a lot of our tendencies is to like half-ass something. Like I have this water filter that like I have a tendency to like not do the priming right, or that's like a bad example, but I don't know. We all have those things, right? Where it's like, I'm just going to sourdough bread. I'm going to, I don't need to like do, you know, whatever (laughs) it is. Right. And it like fucks it up more (laughs) unless you like really go there. And I think with a work thing, there's, do you know, Danielle Laporte? She's a writer and and she's, she's done the podcast before years ago, but I remember her giving, I think it was like in a Ted talk or something. This is maybe like 2013. And I remember her saying this story that I couldn't relate to it all at the time, but she was saying like, part of being a business person and a leader is being able to, after you've invested all the money, after you've, you know, signed off on everything, it's going, you've pressed send, whatever, saying, no, we got, this isn't right. We got to pull it. Mm -hmm. We got to fail. We got being able to do that instead of trying to just like keep going. Because if you think about it in the context of a relationship, we've all done that, right? Where it's like, even in that relationship that ended of mine, like, I knew a year before that it was going to end before it mm-hmm. did. And I just pushed that down somewhere because yeah. I didn't want to go through it because the Phoenix ashes part is unpleasant. Yeah, it's really, until it's really pleasant. It's extremely you know? uncomfortable. So we like avoid that. And I just think that avoidance is where like we can all save ourselves more time if we just like tear it all down and restart. Like I was telling Jules that we were having like a tech issue before this and restarting your computer, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the simple solution <laughs> isn't the sexiest but it's like usually correct like meditating stopping journaling you know these things that are like very rooting i really admire that this episode is brought to you by sanebox inbox zero is a thing of the past we're all so inundated with email now that it's no longer about responding to everything it's about responding only to the important things the messages that truly matter and that's where sanebox comes in think of it as emt for your email as messages flow in sanebox does the triage for you sifting only important emails in your inbox and directing all other distracting stuff into your SaneBox folder. So you know what messages to pay attention to now and what you can look at later. It also has nifty features like the Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from annoying senders that you never want to hear from again, and Sane Reminders to ping you if someone hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. Best of all, you can use SaneBox with any email client or phone anywhere you check your email. So it works with your existing setup, Gmail, Outlook, all those guys. They're for you. You don't have to change your habits by creating a new email account or downloading a new app. SaneBox just makes your existing one better. I love SaneBox. It's really, really good. I think you'll like it too. This is good for our organization and our mental health. See how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com slash let it out to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com slash let it out. Another thing that I was reminded of as you were speaking from our first conversation, or I don't know if this was recorded or, or, and, you know, just as a friend, but you were saying, no, I think it was actually, cause you were saying in the genesis of good move, you were so supported and had all of this help as you were rising up yeah. because it was so correct. Yes. And I think yeah. similarly, it's, stopping and restarting was similarly guided. Yeah. And I think if I, as I was like thinking about that, I was like, I want that in my career. Like I want that moment where I am doing something that is my purpose. And I want to figure out what that is because I want to feel that supported Mm. and I want to feel, feel that. And I think that is really beautiful. Mm. Yeah. 
it's nice again to have it reflected back. And and this is actually this is one of the things I don't think that I do take for granted, but it is still nice to hear it. But yes, good move and the path of good move has been incredibly supported from every step of the way. And I think even though I was you know, we had a funeral for for Good Move. So my dear friend, Kimmy Quillen, had painted this beautiful mural on the wall. And we did this whole ceremony the day or like a couple of days before I handed back the keys where we opened all the doors, people had masks on, and we basically said like, come and, and like, remember Good Move. And like a lot of people came, a lot of people came and like brought flowers. Kimmy did a ritual where she called she called it setting it free which i think is so beautiful but she painted over the mural because we're like we're not going to let these people have this incredible piece of art and like it's making me really emotional <laughs> it was it was really i loved that mural it i loved it too i loved it so much i thought it was like you know the centerpiece of the space in many ways we watched her paint over it we lit candles we made a circle in the way that we do in good move a lot of our classes start as you know in a circle we go around or we say our names our pronouns and why we came and uh that night we also just shared like one thing that we loved about the space or something special that happened there and people shared things that i didn't i didn't even know had happened you know and people shared discoveries and breakthroughs and things that the ways in which the space was meaningful for them but no one was treating that as if it was like the end of the community. It was just the end of the space, you know, it was just the end of that chapter. And I think that was the energy that kept me going because I was like, oh, like it's not over. And like, of course people, like it's so beautiful that people, that this physical space meant so much to people. But something that was incredibly inspiring for me was the fact that, you know, we operated for almost a year, no, for more than a year, we operated for more than a year without a space. And the community actually grew because we needed each other more and, and people needed community more. And so like somehow in this like craziness of not having this like epic, beautiful, big space that we had like poured so much into, not having access to that, we found other ways. So that's like the constraints that led to this creativity. But then also in that kind of dark period for me, when I closed the studio, I was so hurt and I was so I like, you know, I, I felt like I'd just been through the ringer with lawyers and the landlords and uh, trying to figure out ways to like keep the business afloat and pay people and all of this stuff. When I closed the studio, I honestly didn't know if I ever wanted to have a physical space again, because I thought like, you know, I, I felt so attached to it, first of all. And I was like, God, that was painful. You know, I was like so attached, but also like it was surviving. And, and in, in some ways, the business was thriving without the yeah. space. So that was one of those moments. The where, direction. Yes. Yeah. That was one of those moments where I had to be like, are you going to have a space again? Or are you going to like look at what the signs are telling you and like keep going without it? And for, let's say seven months, I ran the business, you know, for seven months after I closed the, the first studio, which had been out of commission for already seven or eight months at that time. For another seven months, I didn't have a studio. But in that, in that time, I really committed to thinking long and hard about what the next steps were going to be for me. And it was in November, 2020, it was way, way, way too soon and too hard for me to think about opening another space. Cause I was devastated. It's like, I, it, again, there's a lot of relationship um, parallels. Like I was like, no, I'm not going to Jump into a new thing. Yes. Like, yeah. I'm not going to jump into anything. I'm not even, like, going to look at I just need else. something casual. Right. No, no. I was, like, not even. I was, like, I can't even look at, ca like, I can't even, you know, look at anything else. But during that time was when I developed the Good Move Teacher Training Program, um, which was incredibly healing for me because it was a way for me to fully go in to some of the pain that I was feeling and use the tools that had carried me through, which are improvisation and journaling. 
and use those tools to create a course in which I taught, teach, in which I teach other people how to hold space and become sturdy, expansive containers themselves and to then create spaces, safe spaces where other folks can learn from them in a sturdy and expansive container. And all of this happened without a space, you know, and it was like a way for me to go in, to reflect, to use improvisation and to use my journaling practice to develop this course in collaboration with my friend and fellow dancer and performance studies PhD, Elisa Davis. She, I called her one day and I was like, I want to make, I want to talk about what makes good move a community and a space that people keep returning to, even without this physical space. Like, what is it? Like, I want to, I want to parse what it is that like makes this a space that can exist without the physical location. And like, so we started chatting and she was like, Jules, you have like a course here. She's the super academic. And I was like, can you help me create a curriculum for this? And she and I like built this curriculum and I, put it on the internet that I was like, I'm going to teach this curriculum for anyone who's interested in either leading or teaching or holding space to give you tools to do that. And, and I want to like teach you how to do that. Cause that's basically what I had spent the last, you know, year figuring out. We had like almost 20 people sign up like for the first round. And it started like, it started like a month after the studio closed. And so to have this community online, we did it all on Zoom, obviously. And to close the studio and then have like 20 people show up for class on like this thing that I felt like I, you know, was so heartbreaking. And to like be teaching people the things that I had learned and the things that I that, that had like carried me through and like the reasons that I was holding on. You know, a lot of it is about a lot of the course is about creating feminist frameworks for building community, for community building and uh, sharing with others, like basically my why and my how reinforced my desire to go on, you know, like it was like, okay, Jules, you love this. You're passionate about this. And this offering is helpful in t- in the world so like don't stop you know and the the feedback that my students gave me and the the things that they did following the training were so inspiring and like the cre- the communities that they went and brought the tools into it had this ripple effect that you know it floated me into the next chapter which was ultimately to to decide to do it again <laughs> that's incredible and an example of being led and it reflecting back to you that it was correct. Tell me about then eventually getting another studio and another space. So this is a a wild story that I'll try to keep short, but I think it was like the week that I handed back the keys in November, 2020 um, of Good Move One. A very, very dear friend of mine and an angel I call her an angel of good move because, and an angel for me in my life, because she's just been one of those people who has like led me to good things and, and has just such a supportive energy in my life. She was a client, a private client of mine. Um, her name is Abir and Abir got in touch with me. I think, I really think it was the week that I handed the keys back and she said like, I have a space for you. And I was like, I'm not ready. I never want to have a space again. I need to like crawl into a hole and like not come out. And she was like, okay, but like, I really think that this is a good opportunity. And like, I'm here, like if you need me, I then did go into my cave. I built the good move teacher training program, um, which all happened online. And in my memory, you know, I don't know, like there's gotta be a word for this, but in my memory, like I can see the year in like, visually in like chunks Mm -hmm. and like November through February, I like see that in my mind, I see myself like in a cave. That's like what that time. Yeah. It's like sounds synesthesia. Yeah. There's like something color on each. Yeah. And so I like went into the cave. I did the good move teacher training, which was beautiful and quiet and reflective and cozy. You know, it was like a very in introspective moment. 
just to underline this point, I know how thoughtful you are because it is actually coming back to me about the workshop we did because we planned that. Like we actually did like a decent amount of like back and forth. And I think it went well because I think we both have this and it was cool to work with someone who also has it care as a facilitator of like, we wanted it to like, we wanted to create a space for people within that Zoom room Absolutely. of like, we were going to start with this and you were going to do this and I was going to do this. And like, like we were joking around, like we don't really remember, but I do remember that it went well because we had thoughtfulness into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely us. did. We definitely did. There was just so much happening in yeah, that moment yeah, yeah. of time. Yeah, exactly. But I, I just think bring that up because with this teacher training and being in a cave, like that's what you were doing was like puzzle pieces yes. aligning. And anyway, go on. Totally. So in my back pocket, I had this voice of this angel woman in my life telling me like, there's a space that I think you should have. And I went into the cave for a couple of months. And then I think it was in February after the teacher after the first round of teacher training had completed and we had so many people who wanted to do it that we did it again like immediately because it was the pandemic so it wasn't like in a regular calendar year where you're like oh i should do one in the fall and one in the spring it was like we were all it was winter deep winter deep pandemic people didn't have shit to do so yeah. we were like let's just do it again it's um, working, if it's working keep like keep it going yeah. you know and this again this was again like a, a way of pivoting a way of not being so attached to like the ways that you know you're quote unquote supposed to do things so it was about february i think i had decided that i was going to do the teacher training again or maybe we'd already started and i was starting t- i was feeling more resilient i was feeling like i was coming out of the dark a little bit and i didn't know what was in store for us. I had also decided that we were going to do a another like outdoor retreat in California because I found this place that was going to like, you know, make it possible to do it safely. And so I was feeling a little bit of like a a little bit of an energy burst. Not not maybe not a burst, but I was feeling a boost, like a little bit of an energy boost. And I called some momentum. Yes. I was feeling like ready to come out of the cave a little bit. I didn't really want to be seen very much because I still, it was still very, I felt very raw, but I was like, let me just put my toes out. And, you know, the teacher training was a very safe way for me to do that because it was on Zoom and it was intimate and, you know, it was very feelingsy in many ways. And it was a safe space for us all to be vulnerable, myself included. So it's February, 2021. And I like, am starting to feel a little bit of momentum. And I like reached out to a beer and I was like, is that space by any chance, like still available. I'm not ready, but like, and I probably can't afford it because, you know, everything was lost and whatever. And she was like, I want to help you. And she's, she, um, is the property manager at this space. And, um, I don't know what she did, but she like basically used her powers and her energy to like make sure that the space didn't get rented to anyone else. <laughs> and she, you know, put me in touch with the leasing office and like put in a good word for me. And she assured me, cause I was so skittish. Like I was like, I don't want to do this again. Like they're going to screw me over. Like the first few and she was like, no, these are good people. And like, when she told me that I believed her cause she, she's been this angel presence in my life. And I took a long time I was very skittish, you know, like I was still feeling kind of like traumatized about the first thing, but she sort of like helped me stay steady. And she like kept saying like, you got this. And like, I, like, I promise that this is not going to be the same situation. And, you know, I worked out a short term lease, which I think is like very unusual in these types of situations, but they were working with me because they knew what I'd been through. And finally, I felt the community, honestly, the community was like, when are we opening? And I was like, I don't want to do it. I please, like, I don't want to do it again. But like the community was like, we are here for you and we are going to be there. And like, we, we want this. How can we help you as always, as it had been the first time? What do you need? And that energy was like, okay, Jules, you are not alone. And like, you're, it's okay. 
like, what's the worst that's going to happen again? And, and, you know, especially because I negotiated the terms so much more smartly than I did the first time because I didn't know the first time. Um, so again, it's like what we learn from the failures, what we learn from the places where we turn made the wrong turn. Um, and there was a part of me that was like, come on, Jules, like you have all this information now, like you learned so much, like try it again, try it again. And it's like, it's the same way that I feel frankly about relationships. It's like, yes, it's hard, but like you have all this new information now you learned so much, like try it again. Come on. You can do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like, I, I often think about this, like sure. Heartbreak hurts or sure. Failure hurts or like, but you know, what's worse, like not trying, staying yes, in a control yes. spot where you're like in between. And I was like, what else? Like, you know, why else are we here? And what else is there for me? Like I, yeah. I am not an Instagram celebrity trainer. You know what I mean? It's not like there, there, there exists a world and which many, you know, fitness and wellness people, like they became like Instagram became their business. And like, yeah, you know, or that became what they chose to lean into. Yes. And, and by the way, like there are parts of me that I'm like, I wish I could do that shit. Cause like I'd be, be getting a lot more, you know, like there's, there's a lot of benefits to that, but that's not who I am. And I, I know that the work that I'm supposed to do is like deep, intimate work, you know, in circles with people. And whether that's on the, whether that's on Zoom or out in the fields or in the studio, I was like, I know that my work is really with the community. It's not me behind a wall and you guys out here. It's like my work is with my community. And that's where your power. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so tell us about the space. Oh, so yeah. the space is open. What like So is I it, finally took the where leap. Where is it? It's in Williamsburg. It's actually it's so it's 43 South 4th Street um in Williamsburg and Prime Williamsburg. It's right by the water and you can see the sun there's beautiful sunset. The light from the sunset comes in every evening. You want to know the crazy thing? Yeah. It's a better, more beautiful space than the first space, which I took me so long to be able to say because I was so attached to the other one. But like, it was like, you know, this amazing thing was like right in front of my eyes the whole time. And I like, couldn't, I mean, I couldn't freaking see it. And I was just like, and everyone else was like, oh my God, this space is so amazing. Jules, like you have this amazing opportunity. And it's like, like, take it take it. And I had, and you know, Katie is laughing because I've had this kind of reflected in different areas of my yeah. life too that she knows about that we won't discuss here. But, but it's like the universe being like, it's, like a little Hello. it's right in front of you. Like Isn't that how it happens though. Cause that we we're I believe we're here to learn lessons and we come and if we don't learn them in one way, we learn them in another way. And sometimes for me, at least you have to learn them again and again and oh, again. Oh honey, you're preaching to the choir. Comfortable. The universe, like I feel like my guides, my like spirit guides and my, you know, my loved one, my, the energies in the universe that are supportive of me are like, um, you didn't, you didn't learn your lesson the first time. Like this is, you need to get this again in five different forms yeah. until you really. And there are some this. lessons that are easy. There are some that are like, you know, my yeah. friendships are all like no drama, really easy. Yeah. Other areas, very tumultuous. I'm a know? slow learner apparently in the universe because it's like. From the I outside, really... it doesn't look like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, things <laughs> never look. I think you're doing great. So. You're doing classes there and things are like back up and running. Okay. So we, I finally signed the lease. I was on the good move retreat in California, um, last April and was like trying to find a contractor. Couldn't find a contractor. Finally, like my mom's friend from New Jersey, this amazing guy, Vincenzo came in and helped me build out the space, you know, on a, on a shoestring, which was like just incredible. And we opened Kimmy came in and painted a brand new, oh. beautiful, stunning, completely different mural. So different that I like was like shocked and and like had a hard time reckoning with it because I was like, oh my God. You know what it was? It was a mirror of how much like I had changed and how much Good Move had changed. But seeing the mural, when she first revealed it to me the first time, I had like a freaking spaz out like breakdown because I was like is it on is do you have a yeah. photo of it on yeah. the Instagram um, I must yeah. have missed it I'm gonna pull it up right now um, the space the space feels amazing and the first time I saw this mural which is st stunning and gorgeous I 
I almost like felt attacked. <laughs> like, like I was like, cause it's very, she's re- seeing you and reflecting yes, like yes, what you're feeling. Yes. And the way that I'll describe it is that the mural is, first of all, it's based on a photograph of me and one of my dearest friends, Lulu Sony, that was taken a few months prior by this incredible photographer, Elena Mudd. So again, another good move, like meta moment where we're like, everything's reflected, but Elena Mudd took this photograph of me and Lulu. And then Kimmy was inspired by the photograph to paint this like beautiful, it's a figure, not a figure drawing, but it's like, it's a painting of two bodies together. I don't want to play this video, but is that? Yes. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it. so beautiful. How gorgeous is it? And, and it, and it's, I saw it, Katie, and I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to know that I am soft now. And I like panicked. Because the other one is very uh, structural. Yes. Yes. And they're both Kimmy's style, which is wild, you know, that they can both be so different. Well, we all have. Evolve. And we all right. have. And I think the thing for me was that during the pandemic, a lot of this work and building the teacher training, a lot, a lot, a lot of that was about me working um, on healing my feminine energy and making space for my vulnerability and nurturing the parts of myself that I had pushed down to like start a business, you know? And actually, let's be real here, that I had pushed down way before that because uh, it was, like, what I needed to do to, like, survive in New York City as, like, you know, someone who was trying to get a lot of things done. And so a lot of the work that I did on myself and that I did in therapy over the pandemic was, like, really... Softening. Softening, yes. Softening, expanding. Like, so... so Removing layers. Yes. One of, one of the, one of the like mantras that I say when we, when we start class, when we start some of the classes is inhale, I expand, exhale, I soften. I love that. That's like a perfect place to end. I know. I am going to ask you like two quick (laughs) questions though. (laughs) These are just light. What's your favorite part of your life right now? What are you most excited about? Oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about everything. I'm excited about LA. Mm. <laughs> well, this is such a time capsule of where you are. We have a time capsule of 2019 and yeah. who knows, you know, 2023 if we're tracking, you know, I'm, I'm, I think the pandemic helped me realize like I can, this community exists in a lot of, in more places than just in the physical studio. And I'm really excited about expanding the good move community to Los Angeles, which is a place I really love and feel very f- happy here. And that's kind of in the works. So that's so TV. exciting. Exclusive. <laughs> What's your practice? Like, what are some positive habits you've stuck with? You know, what is like a typical to make yourself sustained and rooted? Sturdy and expansive. And sturdy. <laughs> yeah. What are some things that you do daily, you know, mornings and evenings that help? Um, so my life-saving practices, uh, over the last two years have been this kind of this combination of journaling and then improvising. So journaling, do you, have you heard of the Akashic records? Have Mm -hmm. we talked about this before? Okay. So like sometimes I'll open the Akashic records, which is basically just a fancy way of saying that I like ask my ancestors guides for support. And sometimes I don't do that, but sometimes I do, but every single morning, pretty much without fail. First thing I do is what I call skimming off the top. Yeah. Um, I feel like you use language like that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like the, filtering out yeah, the fuzz. In the book I wrote about journaling, I, I call it skimming the pond. Oh, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. Scum off so the I, top that's of the funny. Pond. I never th- I thought of it like a pond, but I think of it like like the froth or like the, yeah, you know. the, the same thing. Th- if you get the lily pads and all that, yeah. there's clear water yes. under it. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. So I, I wake up in the morning. First thing I do is journal. Sometimes with, a card, like a tarot card pull or like an animal card pull or an archetype card pull. Um, and sometimes just myself. And I'll write for, you know, anywhere between 15 minutes to uh, an hour, depending on the kind of day. And then I will move my body um, like right away. So basically what I call that is integration. Like, okay, I've 
now like skimmed off the pond, which yeah. I love that. I love that you use that. Skimmed it off. But a lot of times, as you know, sometimes when you're writing, like it can bring up a lot, mm-hmm. you know? And, but then I'm like, okay, well now it's up. And so now I have to like shake it out. Now I have to really let it out. And so I will start improvising, which is my probably favorite self-care practice. And that can be anything from like starting on the ground and what I call noodling around on the ground. Sometimes I use music. Sometimes I do it in silence. Just letting the soft animal of my body do what it wants, as Mary Oliver says. And sometimes I just crank the music really loud and shake it off until like I feel that something has shifted or something has moved or I can't just let all of that stuff that I've brought up sit there. You know, it's got to like move through. So that I don't have a name for like that process, but honestly, it's, I feel like that and therapy, those have been the things that have helped me continue to be creative like it's allowed me to get unstuck. It's allowed me to keep going on the days where I didn't want to keep going. It has also allowed me to like process old stuff and make clear space for for new things to come through. Thank you so much. I mean, you're incredible. You have to go, but we could do <laughs> that. We said this, we could do this for two more hours, but we'll do another time capsule when you... Open Good Move LA. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can do a live podcast there. Yes. What do we call the opposite of a funeral? A birth? <laughs> a birth. <laughs> yeah, that. Some, yeah, there's probably some religious thing, but <laughs> anyway, you're incredible. Let's let out a deep breath. Inhale. Let it out. <sighs> Thank you, Jules. Thank you so much, Katie. That was my episode with Jules. Follow her on Instagram as well as her studio, Good Move. The links will be in the show notes and learn about everything she does. She's incredible. I really, really am happy to know her and to have her back on the podcast again. I hope this is the second of many, many more. If you want to learn more about me and my work, the links are in the show notes. We have a journaling workshop called Reframe Your Resolutions. If you want to join that, the discount code COSMIC will get you 22% off, but it's a workshop that I've led all over in person. I used to do it at Kripalu, this retreat center every year, and I didn't do it last year and I'm not doing it this year, but it is online. So it's a way to change your relationship with resolutions and goal setting. It's a system that I've created. So if you want to join that, the link's in the show notes. Also, if you want to get a short email from me every single, sometimes long, an email from me (laughs) every week or so, every couple weeks sometimes, depending on how much I choose to send out, The link to the Let It Out letter is also in the show notes. And again, I'm just so incredibly grateful that I get to do this, that you're here. I've been recording a lot of episodes for the new year. I'm excited about the new year. Let me know who you want to hear in the podcast and what you want to hear, what you want more of. I would love your feedback and follow Let It Out on Instagram. This podcast that you're listening to right now has an Instagram. It's Let It Out with three T's. You can also follow me at Katie Dalebout. And to let me know and Jules know that you're listening all the way to the end, comment this emoji, the secret emoji of the week on my Instagram, on Good Moves Instagram, on Jules's Instagram, on Let It Out's Instagram, all of the above, the tree any tree you want, your favorite tree. Perhaps it's a pine, seasonal, or, you know, the kind that's um, more round, whatever feels expansive and sturdy like a tree to you. Next year on the podcast, I've just recorded today a conversation with actor Joshua Jackson. You might know him from Dawson's Creek or Mighty Ducks or The Affair, Fringe. It's a really good episode. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Also, we're going to talk about Bitcoin because it's something I want to learn more about and I'm coming to it with a really beginner's mind because I think it's here to stay and I know nothing. So if you have any questions that you want me to ask, let me know. 
And who knows where we'll go after that. But that's what's coming up next season, next year on the podcast. I love you. Again, I'm so grateful. If this podcast is helpful to you or entertaining to you, please share it with a friend. Please go back into the archive if you want to hear more, if you're new here. I've been doing it for a while and I hope to do it for a while still. I also work with people one-on-one for creative consulting and I have two spots only opening in the new year. So if you want to learn more about that, the link to a roundtable that I did with people who I've worked with one-on-one will be there so you can learn about it and see if it's right for you. Or if you've been on the wait list, this is the time. Feel free to send me an email, katie at let it out with three T's and we can decide if that would be correct for you, for us. And I think that's it. I will talk to you next week, next year. Love you. So grateful. Bye.